1: Great to be back with you folks again as we continue on with the book of Psalms and these songs in the night and different things going on. We just appreciate you folks. And uh, we just want to let you know that uh, uh, without you, we'd have no one to talk to. So praise God. share. <laughs> sure. We'd just be talking to each other. And uh, I was just telling during, during the break, I was just telling Pastor Crockett about our Apple Analytics that we ran a few months ago. And uh, we just can't believe how many of you folks are out there willing to listen to us. Right now, our number one listeners, so your areas have got to pick up, but our number one area is the big three, our Pensacola, Florida, with about 200 people listening to us out there. So if you're in Pensacola, we think you're pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> actually, if you're anywhere, we think you're pretty cool. And then coming in second is right outside of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, in the Fayetteville area. And coming in third is a weird, from the outside uh, is in Nepal. So the nation of Nepal, I'd I'd have to look at a globe twice to find that place. We know it's in Asia. We know where it is. And and, uh, we thank God for each and every one of you, wherever you're at today. We continue on with these songs tonight. We have Pastor Crockett with us. So he gets the big question in our segment, you might be right with God. So knowing that, Pastor, you might be right with God if? If you serve behind the scenes. Oh, you know Mm -hmm. what? That Mm -hmm. right there says it all. Be a behind the scenes Christian. Be a behind the scenes Christian. You know, when I was in the army, we had spotlight soldiers. Those would be digging holes, would be working all day. And then this guy would tap you on the shoulder and say, let me dig. Even though we didn't do nothing all day, he'd hop in the hole it'd throw a little bit of dirt on his face. And then you'd see the commander pull up and say, yeah, I've been Uh down here (laughs) shoveling. God doesn't want spotlight Christians. He wants Christians that serve in the background. And, uh, just do what they got to do. Take care of people. And, uh, and I'll tell you, I want to be that guy. You know, I haven't done much for church. I did, uh, the week before Easter. So the folks had some stuff printed up at our church, some, some three by five postcard things. And we have 62 houses in our neighborhood and counting the houses down the road and things like that. I took 103 of those cards and threw them in mailboxes and, uh, Uh, just trying to be behind the scenes. But one of the guys got mad at me. It came to my house and left the card in my door and said, don't leave a card in my mailbox again. Now, here's the bad thing. I don't know who the guy was. So I just put a track in everybody's mailbox yesterday. So as (laughs) as as I walked the neighborhood, I had a stack of tracks left over from church. And I threw one in everybody's mailbox. So I hope that the guy writes his address on here this time when he brings because everybody calls me preacher in the Jesus freak in the neighborhood. But uh, anyway, here we go. And so I like that a behind the scenes type of person. So and then now you get the tough one food that's right with God. What are you thinking?
2: Well, when you were talking about Stephanie, a couple podcasts ago went to Cody, Wyoming. Um, I remember being there. This is probably 20 years ago. And we were at this cowboy church, which <laughs> being from the Midwest, I was shocked instead of having coat hangers. They had cowboy hat hangers. <laughs> and the, the communion table was all, you know, wrought iron and looked like right out of a cowboy movie. And so we go to the, the pastor, owned a ranch, and we go to his house afterwards, and one of the guys on our team, I like hot food, but one of the guys just loves hot food. And so he, anywhere we went, he was a Tabasco sauce aficionado. He wanted the (laughs) the latest, the greatest. And so this, this pastor gets a smile on his face and goes over to the cabinet and he comes back with this bottle and it says liquid stupid. (laughs) And (laughs) and I I, I put just a drop, his wife had some homemade ice cream. So I had a big bowl of ice cream ready. I put just a drop on my tongue and it, it felt like some kind of, acid going down the back of my throat it didn't taste good it was terrible so I wouldn't say that's that's food that makes you right with God but uh, it did clear me out like you said liquid (laughs) (laughs) liquid stupid yeah Uh,
1: yeah we had my kids have hot problems and uh, one of my friends Jeff Stewart he's a pastor in this area He went out. We let him stay in our house with his family while we were still in the Army. The last six months, we had owned a house back in America a year. We let his family stay there. Anyway, he left us a bottle of hot sauce, and he had to sign a release to buy the hot sauce. (laughs) And uh, same thing. It it was like gasoline. I put it on my tongue. Until this day, uh, I still have memories of that. But my boys, they uh, actually both did a teaspoon to prove some type of manhood. But I'll tell you, it changed their intestines for the next week or so. Oh, no. Anyway, here we are. We're on uh, Psalm 94, moving along. Food that's right with God. We went on food that's not right with God there, but you know, uh, God is right. And uh, this psalm, this psalm really changes directions, I believe, here, starting in verse number 12. It says, Blessed is a man whom thou chastenest. Oh, and by the way, that word chasten, I remember being in a seminary, and one of the things that stuck out to me about that word chasten, It's actually also the same root word for disciple. So when God chastens us, we're getting discipled, we're growing, we're learning. So that's a good thing there. O Lord, and teaches him out of thy law, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment shall return unto righteous, and all the upright in the heart shall follow it. Who shall rise up against the evildoers, or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul, and had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, My foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within thy comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by the law? They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous, and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. Stephanie, right away, here we come. Now, this, this changes up things a little bit, but then in the middle, the psalmist one time again shows up and tries to bring a little bit of bad juju in here, but he's constantly recognizing God. I mean, what's, what's coming to your mind as we went through this psalm?
3: Yes, I just, it's funny because I just read this psalm um, on May 4th and was meditating on it then. And the first, first 12 and 13, those two verses stood out to me when I was reading it. Um, That word blessed holds a lot. Um, You know, we look at the Beatitudes, all that's, all that's contained in what that means to be blessed and Psalm one talks about blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What what's that mean? And I, when I was look, reading that the other day, it was like, it's only through the eyes um, of Scripture, and looking at this through the eyes of what God's best looks like, will you understand what verses twelve and thirteen mean? Yeah. And um understanding and I, I've asked my dad when we've talked about different situations of life he said Dad why why does the Lord just seem to let these people that claim to be Christians and even may you know be toted as these wonderful spiritual people and yet they're they're doing so much evil. why does God just let them go on and on? It just makes no sense to me. And I said, and then why do some of us seem like we're constantly having to deal with stuff? And when I was reading these verses, it was just like the Lord reminded me, Stephanie, do you want my eyes on you? Do you want to be transformed into my image? Do you really want to be what I created you to be? Because if you do, it's going to mean times of chastening. And yes, like you were saying, it doesn't always mean correction. It's that idea of, being made to just to discipleship. But when I think of discipleship, I think of being transformed into the image of Christ. That is his goal for his children is to reflect him. And it just, it changed my perspective again, to remember that that's where real joy comes. That's where real blessing comes is remembering that My whole purpose for being here is to honor and glorify the Lord. My whole purpose for being here is to reflect him, that his image, who he is, shines through every part of me. And the only way that's going to happen is to go through things that may not always be pleasant. Sometimes there's the great joys and the great victories, but sometimes there's those times of, oh, my word, I can't believe that just happened. But it's all a part of that process of God creating me, to be who he wants
1: me to be for his glory. Yeah, no, I like that. I like the idea that, uh, you know, if we didn't go through some of these trials, if we didn't go through some of this craziness, if we didn't have knuckleheads around us, we wouldn't be growing. We wouldn't be getting closer to God. So remembering the reason for trials is, number one, to get closer to God. Number two, to help other people get closer to God through your trials. And so I like that you went down that road. That's a good road. So pastor, thinking that, I mean, what do you think in there?
2: Yeah, it, it seems clear even, you know, beginning in verse 12, blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out, out of thy law. So there is this, this clear connection between discipline and discipleship. And then in verse 13, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity, uh, that, that God is allowing us to go through the valley now To bring us back to the mountaintop that he's Mm he's in and i i see this all the time i love being around older folks in the church these senior (laughs) saints yeah and so many of them when i ask them to share their testimony it just amazes me the trials they went through and Mm -hmm. some of them even the you know the, the chastening they were rebellious they hated the lord as a young person and then the lord just broke them and and now they're the sweetest kindest people you'd ever meet and to recognize how God uses that chastening and the adversity and the discipline to then form us like forging gold, you know, that that we come forth as gold out of those adversities, more refined, more like Christ, more conformed to his image, which is the whole point of of why we're still here, why God doesn't just beam us up the moment we get saved is to, to go through sanctification and, and certainly, that's one of the key means that God allows is is chastening and adversity.
1: Yeah, and, and and that's, you know, folks, I mean, that's the crux of a Christian life is is coming out the other end of trials. We're all going to have trials, and Pastor said a couple podcasts ago, you're either going through it now or it's coming or and, and things of that nature. We're going to have trials. We're going to live through things. People are going to let us down. Our kids are going to let us down. Um, these old bodies, you know, sooner or later, they're going to start letting us down a little bit. But to have the ability to use those things that hurt us, those things that, that have really uh, wrung out our lives, and some of us have been hung out on the line to dry, I get that. But to be able, the cool thing about serving God is now we can take those things and they can make us stronger. And here's the real cool thing about God, we can help other people, as they're going through drunk junk maybe not to go through it as long as hard or as terrible because we can say hey been there man and uh you know this is what god did for me and these are the verses that god used in my life and these are the things and so for instance last night so my prayer group uh consists of my wife debbie and uh debbie pray for debbie she's had a migraine she's had this neurological thing for like three weeks and we got to get her into a neurologist and we've been traveling and trying to get through this. And, but so last night I'm there with a lady who was a missionary for many, many years with her husband and, uh, uh and Papa New Guinea and Papua New Guinea. And then, uh, a lady who was a nurse for many years and, 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 and they're a bit older, but we both kind of adopted the lady. Who's the mission what is the missionary to Papua New Guinea as like a mother to us. You know, she's just, yeah, she's she so solid, so still, so I mean, every one of her prayers is a prayer of expectation. It's not a prayer of God. Will you, if you, kind of, sort of. It's like, hey, God. Uh, you know, Doug's hips hurting tonight. Let's go ahead and take care of that, Lord. We're we're looking forward to it feeling good tomorrow when he wakes up or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, pra- her life is different than mine. And then last night, joining us, we have a uh, senior, saying a wonderful lady in our church that had a six bypass surgery uh, mm-hmm. six weeks ago. And she was in her appointed place of duty last night praying with us. And, uh, I was looking around that group and I said, God, and I don't know, don't ask me how I ended up praying with three women every week, but it's just <laughs> kind of what happens. And, you know, they usually turn back and grab me by the hand and say, Doug, what's your request? So I'm not going anywhere because the, they pray better than I've ever prayed. But this is what I'm thinking folks. And, and this is where I think God wants us to go with this. I, we're going to go through junk. We're going to, some of you right now, your trial, your stressor, your trauma from PTSD, it's still at a real high and hot place in your life. It's still everything you're doing. Uh, it, it comes up all the time. But it's Psalms like this that remind us there's a reason for that. And that remind mm-hmm. us there's a way out. You know, the, the Bible said that, that the Lord is our defense, that the, uh, he's the rock of our refuge. And, you know, we need refuge right now. And uh, we're going to find that in God. We're not going to find that, in, you know, just having having these times of reflection uh, is okay. But having times of prayer, boy, it changes things. Having times of reading your Bible, it changes things. My problem is, and even as a Christian, uh, being somebody who dealt with PTSD, who has PTSD, who's a PTSD victor, uh, I'll tell you, who has victory, Uh you know, in my life, I spent way too much time reflecting. I spent way too much time uh, in some type of retrospective lamentation, lamenting type of craziness. I'm just being upfront front with you guys. And, uh, but when I got to that point where I just started looking at God, I just started looking up. I mean, things started changing in my life. And, and you know, I went through a trial in this last year that was just craziness. You know, it was just craziness. But here's what happened. Because my skin had been toughened, because I had been through junk in my life, it it turned my life, even though I called pastor maybe 67 times in the first two months, uh, I I think I'm through it now. But I think that I went through that crazy trial and stuff in a completely different way than I would have uh, before going through my previous trials. Mm-hmm. And I, I was on the phone last night. I had a missionary call me and he and not knowing what we've been through or uh and by we, I'm talking about Stephanie, Debbie and I and some other folks, but not knowing that he called up and said, Brother Doug, how do I handle a situation like this? this guy's been a missionary forty-five years. And the first thing I did was weep with him. I mean, I, I said, Brother, this is okay. You're not gonna believe this, but God's got this. And so going back to you, Pastor, we wanna we wanna say so. These folks that are listening to us, for the, there's, there's two groups of people listening to us. There's those who are suffering right now from PTSD. I mean, they're just in the battles. They're in the throes. They're going through it. Then there's those that second group have already kind of been through it. Uh, and then, there, you know, and among that group are people who've had junk in their life, but they're helping people with PTSD. And I mean, what happens to a church member that gets stuck in a storm, gets stuck in a trial? What happens to them? it it's so it's
2: so scary when you do allow yourself to just sit there and uh talked about hurricane katrina a couple podcasts ago and how when it came up in that gulf area it just it churned and that's when it really started creating major problems that structures that initially were withholding to up to the storm then started to deteriorate and and that's where again, we have to look for those means of grace that God's given us with fellow believers, with the local church, with, with turning to the Lord in those times. Um, and, and that's what we see in this psalm, in, in Psalm 94, is that even though the psalmist's heart is anxious, the Lord holds him up, the Lord pulls him out, the Lord gives him peace, and, and he's grateful for the other believers who stood with him or prayed for him. But he goes, even in verse 22, to my God, and, and then verse 23, our God. So he's not only claiming God as his personal God, but apparently now he's got other believers around him, uh, who are, who are standing with him and, and together they're looking at God's promises to together. They're trusting God to, to bring judgment on evil and to vindicate the righteous and to, mm-hmm. to restore them.
1: Amen. Amen. Wrap us up, Stephanie. So with about a minute, Uh what do we take from this? And I I know what Pastor just said and what I said. And now, as a lady perspective, um, what do we take from this?
3: Well, for me, verses twenty two and twenty three, um, well twenty one through twenty three, are they're very comforting to me. Um, there are times that this sounds maybe sounds weird, but I feel like um, you kind of feel very defenseless. Um, being a single mom with eight kids and those verses become extra precious because verse 21 has been a reality in my life. And that those moments of feeling like there is no defense, there's no, nobody there to, to tell other people that need to back off to back off. You're just kind of there like, okay, I can't deal with this. And then verse 22 picks up, but the Lord is my defense. And my rock and my refuge, and it just takes me back to so many other psalms, Psalm twenty-seven yeah. and Psalm eighteen, and being remembered, being reminded. Verse twenty-three isn't a conditional promise. Mm. Verse twenty-three is just a straight old, "This is what God is gonna do," and it makes me smile. It makes yeah. me be able just focus on why I'm here, to serve and glorify the Lord. And um, it just gives you a hope and a peace that passes understanding that God's in control. And again, Romans 8.20 brings Romans 8.28 back into focus of serving God.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. This is all good. You know, in the army, we had a saying, And uh, the saying was this, it's regulation, baby. And by baby, that's just the way we talked in the Army back in the day. But if something came up uh, and we knew there was nothing you could do about it, you would just look up at the people, especially being a, uh, a sergeant major where I was at, people would come to me for the final authority, the final ruling, and I'd look at them and say, you know the answer, it's regulation, baby. So listen, this is what I'm telling you folks today. You know the answer. It's right here in God's word. It's right in those last few verses. And uh, thank God, thank God that we know the regulation. And uh, listen, have a great day. We look forward to hearing from you real soon. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.